Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Time and distance is no barrier to energy, and that means that no matter when you're listening, no matter how you found us, you are here for a reason. And I hope something in the next hour opens your heart and helps you move forward. I'm sure you've heard that meditation is one of the key components in our spiritual growth, but it can seem so difficult to get started and can seem like hard work to continue the practice, to stick with it. Can meditation actually be fun? Can it be freeing? Can it help us move into greater creative expression? Well, Pragito Dove is here today, and she's an expert teacher in accessible, immediate, powerful meditation techniques designed to help us get in touch with our deepest self and unlock a more abundant life. Are you ready to meet her? Pragito Dove is the leading authority on expressive meditation in North America, and she's a thought leader on visionary thinking. A best-selling author in seven languages and a laughter meditation advocate, Pragito founded the Laughing Buddhas Network to make happiness, abundance, and success accessible to all. Her latest book is Laughter, Tears, Silence, Expressive Meditations to Calm Your Mind and Open Your Heart. You can find out more about Pragito and her work at discovermeditation.com. Um, Pragito, welcome to Out of the Fog. Well, thank you, Karen. I am thrilled and honored to be back here again to talk to you and your audience. I'm so glad to have you back with us. I'm wondering if you can share with the listeners a little bit about how you got to this place on your journey. What brought you to where you are now as a teacher, as an advocate of meditation? You've helped billions of people by now, I'm imagining. How did you get to this place? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I got to it. I got to this place because uh, I had a very challenging childhood and I had a lot of pain and fear and anger stuffed down inside of me. And I had to wait till I was old enough to leave home and uh, carve out some kind of a career for myself. But I was, I was really looking for a way that I could heal all this pain because I knew that if I didn't heal it, that I would pass all this turbulent emotion on to my son. So it was really when my son was born, that was the turning point for me, you know, like when you have a turning point in your life. And I made a decision that... I was going to heal this, and I was going to seek out a way, and I found a fabulous way. Um, I heard about the uh, teacher Osho, who lived lived in India at the time. He's passed on now, but I went out there with my baby son to see him, and I had no thought of meditation, by the way. I tried meditation, and I couldn't do it all. I had this mind full of too many thoughts, and I was full of pain and fear and back pain and forget meditation. (laughs) Uh, But what I found um, in Osho's 
meditation resort in Pune in India was a series of expressive meditation techniques. And what those expressive meditation techniques do is they allow you to express out your anger, for example, in the gibberish technique, express out and cry your tears in the crying meditations, and laugh, laugh your joy in the laughter meditation. And I started doing these meditations, and there's, there's a whole series of them. I've just mentioned three of them. And they worked because instead of having all this turbulent emotion stuffed down inside of me, making everything worse, I was able to express it out. And what happens is when you release pent-up emotion, what fills its place is silence, is peace, is joy. And that's what is discovered through my own personal journey. So I arrived at meditation sort of through the back door, if you like. <laughs> it, was, it, it sort of happened in spite of me that I found myself, after doing these meditations for, for many times, that I was able to drop down very easily inside myself to a place of peace and calm and it's like a quiet joy and presence. And, and the, the good news is that we all have this capability because all of us are born with a soul or spirit, if you prefer that word. And our soul are, is our essential self. And our soul is love, peace, joy, creativity, and the fabulous thing is that our soul is untouched by any abuse we might have suffered at any point in our lives. So all the suffering and pain I went through, but it didn't, it didn't touch my soul. My soul remained intact. And so basically, all I had to do, and all anybody has to do really, is sort of clear out all this inner clutter, and then there it is. Your essential self, your soul, your peace, your joy, your calm. And so it's, it's not a difficult thing. It's, it's really more a matter of understanding what meditation is and what it is not. And please don't be put off by the word meditation. Um, you could equally, in a way, you could equally use the word presence. Meditation is being in the present moment. And so you don't really have to like start a practice because I would bet any money that all your listeners already have an experience of being in the present moment, doing something. It doesn't matter what you're doing. All that matters is the quality of your presence in that moment with what you are doing. You could be taking out the trash, you could be dancing, you could be writing on your computer, you could be playing with your kids. But whenever you are in the present moment, that is meditation. So you've already started, you already have a taste of what it is. And once you understand this, then you grow from there. And one of the most common 
um, misunderstandings people have is that meditation is a technique. They think that it's sitting in the lotus position, chanting mantras or for hours on end. Mm. That is one technique. And some people do well with that technique. Many do not. And so in my book that you mentioned, Laughter to Silence, I offer over 150 techniques to suit all different types of people because different techniques suit different people. We're all different. And I also offer 30-second techniques, four-minute techniques, one-hour techniques. There's even a three-week med technique if you're, if you're up for it, wow. which is I do it in a format of a workshop. Uh, but there's, there's so many ways available to help you find that present moment. But the most important thing is the understanding that meditation actually is being in the present moment. I'm or another way that you might want to say it is meditation is awareness. Mm. Because awareness is the key. So if you are aware you're in the present moment, then you're aware, okay, you're, you're in a state of meditation. What happens is we go unconscious. We go unaware. <laughs> we lose it, you know. And the, the trick of it is when you remember, oh, gosh, there I was thinking about my grocery shopping for the week, you know, or thinking about that argument I had with my husband last night. The mind will take us into the future or into the past, and it will take us out of this present moment. That's what the mind does. So don't worry about it. When you, when you notice, you just come back to the present. And it's awareness that helps you notice. So really, the best practice is awareness. Mm. Just notice yourself during your day when you're in the present moment, when you're not. When you're not and you become aware of it, ooh, okay, let's come back to the present. And that is a very powerful technique. It's very simple. You can do it anywhere, anytime. You don't need to be sitting in lotus positions or, or anything like that. And in, when you start, I always suggest just do it for a moment or two. You know, it doesn't have to be some serious, heavy thing at all. You can be sincere about meditation without having to be serious about it. Hmm. In fact, you know, the more playful you are with your approach... And the more forgiving of yourself, the more judgmental of yourself. I'm sorry, did I say, I hope I said non-judgmental of yourself there, <laughs> that you are, um, the easier it is. And also the more compassion you have for yourself. And then it will grow, kind of grow on its own, a bit like the grass grows on its own, you know, mm. because it's already there, you see. It's difficult because we we run. I mean, if when we're in pain, when there has been um, trauma or abuse, when we're, we're unhappy, when we're hungry for change and we're saying, oh, fix it, where's the thing that will fix it? Uh, at least in my experience, I, I run. I run from awareness. I try to run to things that will help me, but I'm running from that sense of 
presence. And what I hear you saying is that when I sit with my self, when I am with what is, no yes. matter what that is, then I've made a, a start. And I know on my own journey, um, I had to come to terms with why was I running so much? What was I running from? What was I afraid would happen if I stopped? Yes, exactly. And that's what everybody does. That's what I used to do. Who wants to sit there and feel their pain? No, thank you. Let's have a glass of wine instead, mm -hmm. you know. And so the key thing you said was that you, you became aware that you were running away, that you were avoiding. And yeah. that, is, that is what helped you to come into present with it. And yes, we, and you know, we don't need to talk about joy and happiness. It's, it's the fear and the pain that we want to talk about because those are the difficult ones to be present with. And so the first thing is to accept it. Accept the pain is there. Accept the grief is there. Accept the, the fear. Accept the anger, too. There's nothing wrong with any of these feelings. They're all normal they're all natural. We are human. We have these feelings. And so acceptance is key. Acceptance is the opposite of judgment. And this is where we trip ourselves up with the judgment. Well, I shouldn't be feeling this. I should just buck up and get on with things. You know, I should be happy. I should be grateful. That word should and the word ought which is the same, I ought to be happier, etc. Um, those are your two red flag words, words that you are judging yourself. And so, again, with the compassion, because you have to love yourself through this until you reach the point where you can love the judgments, because they're there, that's what the mind does, it judges and compares. Love your mind, love the judgments, Love the pain, love the fear, love the anger, because they are all a part of you and a result of whatever happened to you. And the more you can accept what is happening with compassion for yourself, the quicker it will dissolve. The feelings, the uncomfortable feelings will dissolve. But if you fight them and by judging, They'll stay longer, and that's when you really create a lot of suffering for yourself. You make everything worse. Mm. Do you feel, I was thinking about what you said, where you said that no matter what happens, no matter what we've done, no matter what's been done to us, that our soul, our essential soul, is untouched, undisturbed. Is the compassion that you're talking about a part of that essential soul? Because I think for so many of us with difficult experiences that compassion is one of the first things that it feels like gets snuffed out because we see ourselves harshly. We see other people harshly is the compassion that you're talking about sort of, um, something that lives in that untouched soul that we have access to all the time. Yes, absolutely. Because the untouched soul is love is love mm. and compassion is the highest form of love. So yes, it absolutely lives there. We absolutely, all of us, already have compassion and love. In fact, it's, it, that's what we are. That is what 
our essential self is. That's the truth of who we are. We are divine beings in a divine universe. We are abundant beings in an abundant universe. And we are love. That is our essential makeup. We are happiness. We are joy. We are peace. We are compassion. That is who we are. So the more that you understand that, that that is who you are, the truth of who you are, then the more you can connect with it and allow it to nourish you through healing the grief, the fear, the pain. And, and that's what happened to me through all these meditation practices I've been talking about because as you start releasing the anger, it's like taking the lid off the pressure cooker. Yes, you start releasing and feeling and experiencing your feelings. You start to learn who you are and have compassion for yourself. Stop judging yourself and know that you are human, that it's normal to have pain and anger and fear on our journey as humans, I'm sure there isn't one person who's gone through life who hasn't experienced that. And there's nothing wrong with you at all. It's simply what being human is about, having these feelings. And all we have to do is accept that and own our divine nature the divineness of who we are. And then and then automatically and naturally all the pain, the anger, the fear starts dissolving. And I can I can vouch it because that's what happened to me. I started off in, in you know, I was I was in very bad shape when I started off. But I somehow knew that I had to find a solution, you know, because I didn't want to pass this all on to my son and dump it all over him. I, ha- I just knew I had to find a solution, a better solution than that, and I did. But I had no idea how great the solution was going to turn out to be. So really, my my primary motivation was to be the best mom I could be. So I'm very grateful to my son for being born because that's what pushed me to make that decision and that commitment to heal myself. And so because I've gone through this myself from a pretty bad place where I started, I can guarantee anybody and everybody that you too can find your way to connect with your soul, with your divine essence, and own the truth of who you are, love, peace, joy, brilliance, creativity, and live an abundant life and a love-filled life. It's a guarantee. Mm. There's no question about it. You know, That's what I say to all my clients and students. It's a guarantee. No question about it. Are pe- it's going to happen. Do people 
Is it difficult for people to believe that because of their old programming or their old experiences? It's a wonderful journey as people come to believe, come to accept the truth of who they are. Do you, do people, does our resistance, um, can that resistance that we feel also be a tool for helping us uncover our essential self? Some, some teachers say you have to blast through the resistance and don't pay attention to the resistance, keep going, try harder. My sense from what you're saying is that we're asked to sit with the resistance. I didn't quite hear the last part of what you said. I'm wondering if you would suggest instead of blasting through the resistance that we sit with the resistance. Yes. Love the resistance. Embrace it. Encompass it in your heart. Resistance really is just fear. Fear is the opposite of love. And so what you need is love. That's what we all need. Love is the answer. And compassion, like I said, compassion is the highest form of love. Love yourself through it. Love your resistance. Accept it. The worst thing you can do is fight it and condemn yourself and judge yourself. No. If resistance is showing up, oh, okay, We've got resistance today. All right, that's just fine. Let's hang out with resistance. <laughs> or, or grief or anger, whatever it is. Yes, just, just hang out with it. There's, there's no like trying or trying harder. That you, you can't try and you can't work hard at it. That's actually um, counterproductive. What you need to do is allow Allow it. Just allow it to be there. We see, and that's very relaxing, just simply allowing the resistance, accepting that it's there, then all it, com- it sort of becomes a non-issue. Because when you get used to this, just noticing every day what is there, it, it changes, changes during the day. Happiness, sadness, anger, depression, guilt, you know, judgment, resistance. (laughs) They just keep doing their little merry-go-round, you know, and just allow it. Because the more you allow it and the more you accept it, the quicker it will dissolve all of it, all those emotions. We don't see clearly. We don't see our lives clearly. We, uh, at least in my experience, I often haven't seen my own emotions clearly. I'll think I feel one thing when I maybe am feeling something else. And one of the things about meditative practice, at least in my, in my own life, is that it slows things down enough that I can see what's really there instead yeah. of trying to juggle all this extra other stuff that I'm not even sure how it got there. Right. And actually, you know, we don't even really need to know how it got there. It's just there. Right. And so, yes, you make a good point. And so, you know, whether you want to sit for five or ten minutes just with quiet reflection time or go for a walk in nature, that's a very good thing to do, or go for a bike ride or go running or something that is non-mental, And you create this space for yourself every day. 
and you know, if you're very have a very busy life, you're a mom, you have kids, and so on, then five minutes or ten minutes, and if you can do longer, you do longer. But yeah, what, what really all we have to do is create the space, and then your soul will kind of do it for you. But we have to allow that instead of keep interfering. Well, it's the mind that keeps interfering because the mind thinks it knows everything <laughs> about everything, and it doesn't. It certainly doesn't know anything about the wisdom of the soul. The mind judges and compares, which is fine if you're buying a breakfast cereal. <laughs> but, you know, when it comes to love, when it comes to the heart, when it comes to us, no, we don't need judging and comparing. We want love. We want compassion. And that's the domain of the heart and the soul. We have to watch the mind, <clears throat> excuse me, coming in and interfering and being a busybody and a know-it-all and remember that it doesn't know. It's our heart and our soul that know the wisdom. Oh, that's beautiful. You are listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, and I'm talking with Pergido Dove. Her latest book is Laughter, Tears, Silence, Expressive Meditations to Calm Your Mind, and open your heart. And when we come back after this short break, I'd love to talk to you, Pergito, a little bit about meditating with children and about children as mirrors for our spiritual journey, our spiritual practice. We'll talk about law of attraction and lots more. We'll be right back after this. This week's episode, Danger at the Old Well. Last one to the old well's a rotten egg. Ha-ha, I win. Whoa! Ah! Sassy! Johnny fell down the well. I'm wet. What, Sassy? You know where Mr. Gunderson keeps his rope? Go get it, girl. What? You'd rather use his time to set people straight about shelter pet adoption? I'm cold. People shouldn't be afraid to adopt from a shelter? Because shelter pets are screened for sound health and temperament? I'm wet and cold! Sassy, what about Johnny? <laughs> what? Let Johnny sit in the well until he learns to be more self-reliant? Sassy! What do you say? Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Remember, adopt! Have you ever lost a cat? And have you ever wanted to get your cat back after you lost it? Hi there, I'm Andrew Hoffman. I went on this website called inventnow.org. Then I decided to make an invention of my own. It's called the Lost Cat Magnet Invention. So you can get your cat back after you lost it. Just turn it on and lost cats stick to it. That's a good cat. If your cat was hiding up in a tree, it won't be up a tree anymore. It will be stuck to the lost cat magnet. And sometimes they fly toward you in the air. Just listen to one satisfied cat. <coughs> See, that's proof. You should go to the inventnow.org website too. But just remember one thing. Don't do a lost cat magnet. 
anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. Come to the forest. It's a place not so far away. A place where you don't have to mow the lawn. Or babysit. I saw lizards and squirrels and bugs. Ladybugs, caterpillars. It's really cool, actually. A place where you don't have to make time for free time. Lots and lots of kinds of species here. Out here, you may even meet the mysterious creature known as the other you. The enchanted you. It's magic what flowers do. The adventurous you. My favorite tree, yes, is that one. The free-to-be-me you. <laughs> Ask your parents to take you to this not-so-far-away place. Come to the forest, where the other you lives. But first, stop by discovertheforest.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. And now, back to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager on Empower Radio. EmpowerRadio.com Welcome back to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager, and we're in conversation with Pragito Dove. Her latest book is Laughter, Tears, Silence, Expressive Meditations to Calm Your Mind and Open Your Heart. And you can find out more about Pragito and her work at DiscoverMeditation.com. And of course, I always welcome your comments, your questions. Have you begun a meditation practice by incorporating those little moments of mindfulness into your day? Have you had any real successes or real sort of failures as you began different kinds of spiritual practice? I'd love to have your comments and questions. You can always reach me through my website, which is karenhager.com. An email will find me at karen at karenhager.com. Pragito, you've mentioned your your son and how having your son was a wake-up call for you, a, a realization that you wanted to do things differently. And I know you have a beautiful teaching in the book about how children are mirrors for us. And I know I find that with my own children and the mirror reflects back clearly. And sometimes what it reflects back is something that I don't want to see. Um, I'm sure that was never the case with your child, but with my children, (laughs) sometimes, mm, I don't know. Um, (laughs) When we are working with children, you have meditations in the book to do with children. Can you talk a little bit about having that sense of play in meditation and how we can connect with our kids this way? Yes. Well, see, the thing is, children are in a state of meditation far more than we are because they haven't yet, their minds haven't yet kind of taken over, dragging them into the future and the past. So simply to be with children is a gift. And, it, and really, my son helped me. Um, and as you say, he reflected back to me my um, shortcomings, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, I can remember thinking, why is he doing that? And then I would think, oh, gosh, I I do that. (laughs) You know, so, yes, you have this mirror, which is a gift, and always to be very uh, respectful of children and honor them because they are closer to God than we are. They are straight from God. Um, And I don't, you know, I didn't do any kind of formal kind of meditation techniques with my son 
the only ones, uh, the one I really did with him was the laughter meditation because he just loved that, you know, because children love to laugh and to play. And so we would do that one, but, but not really in a formal way because with children you don't want to do any forcing because you don't want to put them off. Mm-hmm. But even, even just laughing and playing with children is enough, you know, because they are so in the present. And they, they bring you in the present because they know if you're not in the present and they will say something about it. My, I remember my son saying to me once, you're not here, Mom. Wow. Like, oh, gosh. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but he was right. I wasn't. I was playing with him, but my mind was somewhere else. And they know, you know, because to them... Being present is the natural state. They are in the natural state. I was talking about full of joy and playfulness and love, and they just are that. So they really are such an incredible gift. And there's an easier connection, I believe. At least my boys are now teenagers, so um, my interaction with them, the mirror to me is mostly a kind of a rolling of the eyes and a slamming of the door is mostly (laughs) what I get right now. Um, (laughs) But back in the day, when they were all little and fresh and new, there's a deeper connection with intuition, I believe, too, that's to me directly tied with playfulness, directly tied with a, a willingness to stop and be present and in to me in that moment it's not just about creative expression but it's about tapping into intuition as well yes absolutely and you know that connection that you made with them uh, when they were small it's still there it's just covered over by the teenage eye rolling and (laughs) slamming doors yes tell me about it I went through that one too but because we had a very good connection from the childhood we were able to ride that roller coaster of, of the teenage years and come out the other side. Uh, and it's pretty fabulous now. My son is, is much older. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a bit of a bumpy ride when they're, when they're teenagers. But there again, um, I remember I got some very good advice when my son was a teenager, which was to remember that I loved him because sometimes it was easy to forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember that I loved him and to remind him from time to time that I loved him. And apart from that, um, I couldn't really say a whole lot because he just shot me down anything I said. You know, he went through that phase. Mm -hmm. But it was my job to remember to hold the space of love no matter what. That was the test. And... That was where my meditations came in to help me with that. That's beautiful. You know, children will test you. They can get very, very annoying, you know. And the temptation is to cut off the love. That's what my parents did. What a lot of parents do. They just, when they get annoyed with their children, they cut the love off. And I had to learn to keep my heart open no matter what, no matter how annoying my son got, and hold that space of love. And it was a very powerful transformation for me because it kept taking me deeper and deeper inside because the only place I had to go was deeper inside. Hmm. 
I couldn't get it from the outside somewhere. And the beauty is it was there, because it is there. There's always more love. There's always more compassion. There's always more joy. There's always more laughter. There's always more creativity. There's always more and more and more. And really, he forced me to keep finding more. And because of that, my heart was able to expand and open even more. And that's when I started writing my first book and things started to expand with my clients and students because my heart was expanding to encompass more and more people. That so was, I'm, I'm so sorry. I just, you're, you've touched something so vibrant right there because I believe that's the key to Abundance. I believe that's what abundance is. Pergino is. is that understanding that there is always more, always more love, always another chance, always more opportunity, always you can always go deeper. You never run out. That right there, more than having material things or saying the right affirmation or doing, you just touched it right there. So sorry yeah. to interrupt you. I got all excited. Yeah. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that because that is absolutely the truth. And if you are in a relationship with a difficult person, you know, as I was with my teenage son then, see if you can allow them to push you to keep going deeper into your heart because that's where the answer is, because the answer is always love. And I have found that I am here to simply see how much I can love, you know, how many people I can love, even the most difficult people even the most irritating people. Can I love them anyway? I'm not saying their behavior is good, but can I love them in spite of their difficult behavior? And that's something that stays with me through my whole life now, as my son is fine now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I feel that challenge is there for all of us. But I had to heal my heart first. I had to focus on myself and heal all the pain and heal the fear. But it's love that heals pain and it's love that heals fear. So again, love is the answer. And as you just so rightly said, there's always more and more and more love. It's endless how much love there is. And and yes, that is also the source of abundance I have discovered. Because then the money... The finances, they, we attract. We're moving into law of attraction. The more loving we are, the, the higher our vibrational level is, and the more good we attract to ourselves, which includes money. So it's, it's a very simple formula, but it's very powerful, and it works. I can guarantee it from personal experience. If somebody's listening and they are panicked about money, worried about money, grabbing for reassurance, grabbing for practices that will increase their abundance, what would you guide them to do to kind of slow that down? To me, that's a kind of running, and I certainly have done that in my life. Um, I equate that with the running, right? I've got, there's only so much and I've got to get it quick and I missed my chance and I, what am I going to do? And I don't see any opportunity. How would you guide somebody to 
turn this around to tap into that real source of abundance that we just talked about? Well, what you're talking about is the mindset of fear, lack, and scarcity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was raised in that mindset too, and most people are. It's a it's the prevalent mindset in this world. There isn't enough money. There isn't enough love. There isn't grab, grab, grab. Yes, and so the first step is awareness. Be aware that you have that programming because you probably do because most people do. So that. That's a, that's a very powerful first step there. Just simply be aware of it. And then notice when those fear-based thoughts come up, allow them. Don't fight them. Just allow them, accept them, embrace them. Oh, there we go. There they go. You know, fear-based thoughts, that's the old fear, lack, and scarcity programming. I just let that go by. Just let it pass by. Let it wash through you because then it will arise and come out of you and be gone. And this is something I have experienced absolutely because I went through a terrible time with money when I was caught up in that programming. And as I started to become disidentified from that programming and started to realize that my true nature of my essential self was abundance, Love, peace, joy, creativity, brilliance. It's a very subtle shift and it's a gradual shift. And then I started to see proof of it in my life with unexpected things happening, like a very unexpected inheritance. Unexpectedly getting a six-figure advance for one of my books out of nowhere. Um... All these kind of things. And also in small things, like maybe somebody offers to buy you a coffee Mm. or you go to pay for something and they say, no, that's okay. It's on the house. You know, these all these little manifestations, don't ignore them because they are all law of attraction. They are all the universe saying to you, that's okay. You can have it for free or you need to make some money here. Have, you know, have a bonus this week from some, you know, from your boss or something unexpected shows up. Stay open and trust the universe. Trust that you are divinely held and divinely guided. And that what you are going through is what many, most people are going through it. And it is not the truth of who you are. It is a program you've been conditioned with, as I was, because my parents didn't know any better. They believed it till, till the day they died, both of them. The whole fear, like, and scarcity thing, and life is a struggle and hard and all of that. But I somehow never quite bought into it because I didn't, I didn't understand why some people could be really rich and other people not. And I thought, well, why can't I be really rich, you know? Mm. <laughs> It just seemed like, I mean, if they can be rich, why say, why couldn't I? Um, but I had to go through that process of letting go of that old programming so that I could open up to the truth of that I am and we all are abundant beings in an abundant universe. 
One of the things I like most about this book, about Laughter, Tears, Silence, is the number of the sheer number of exercises. You people who listen to the show know that I like books where you can do things and you can write in it and you can try it out. And right, so I love how there's like a blue million exercises in the book. Is there one that you could share with us, maybe Pergito, that might help us tap into that sense of abundance, that sense of the continual generation of good? in our lives? I've just put you on the spot. Yes, you have. (laughs) (laughs) But I have an answer. Oh, good. And it's on page 55 of the book, and it's a four-minute meditation called Prosperity. And I'll just summarize it for you. Gratitude is the secret. You've mentioned gratitude a bit earlier. Mm -hmm. Gratitude is the secret to abundance. This is very, very important because when you can take a moment to sit down, close your eyes and feel everything you are grateful for. So instead of focusing on what you don't have, focus on what you do have, the love of your family, a roof over your head, food on the table, the birds singing in the trees, your breathing. You can stand up on your legs Whatever it is, be grateful. Because in this feeling state of gratitude, you are full and whole. You are in your natural state of abundance. And the emphasis here is on the word feel. It's not a thinking exercise, it's a feeling. So it has to be genuine what you're what you're feeling grateful for. And you know, if you don't feel you have very much to be grateful for, look for something to be grateful for, even in the most difficult situation. Look for something. And one exercise I like, which um, Oprah used to talk about it a lot on her show, was to write down five things, and you can do this at the beginning of the day or the end of the day. I personally prefer the end of the day, but you do it how you, how you like. Five things that you are grateful for, for, for that day. And it's amazing. It's amazing what you come up with. Simplest things, the very simplest things. And what that does is it helps to keep you in that feeling state of gratitude, which is a part of the dimension of love, which is the highest vibrational set point there is. So when you're in that state of gratitude, you are vibrating out wholeness and fulfillment and contentment and joy. And that's what you'll attract back. Because law of attraction It's very simple. It doesn't care who you are, big movie star or a rickshaw driver in Calcutta. It doesn't care what you want or what you don't want. All it does is match your energy, the energy you're vibrating out. So if you're vibrating out that energy of gratitude, you will receive that back. Guaranteed. And the law of attraction never goes on holiday. It's always there. 24-7. And that is the most 
powerful technique that I know of, and it's the simplest one, to help you attract in your abundance and live in a state of abundance. It's got nothing to do with what's in your bank account or what's on your credit cards or any of that. Those are all numbers. It's to do with your feeling state of gratitude. And the universe is just dying to shower you with abundance. So open up. And the other important part is to receive. Open up to receiving. Practice receiving. Small things. Your neighbor smiles at you. Breathe it in. That's a form of love. Your child gives you a big hug. Your husband calls you. Your best friend stops by. Receive, receive, receive. And you receive all these little small things and the universe will start sending you bigger things to receive. So the receiving and the gratitude. And boy, be prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Be prepared because it's happened to me to receive some really big things. Financially, in terms of love and relationships, and in terms of your health and fitness. Mm. It, It helps all those three dimensions of us. And because it goes on and on, because it never stops. Yes. If I am not, if I'm not receiving what I'm wanting, if my vibration is not in line with what I want to receive, I can always, that's abundant too. I can always change, always shift directions, always try again for another match, always try to raise my vibration. You never, I believe strongly you don't ever run out of chances. That's absolutely right. Mm. Yeah. I know that at your website, discovermeditation.com, there's a ton of great stuff there. Can you let listeners know how to connect with you, what's coming up for you, what they can get when they go to the website? Just do that thing where you tell all about yourself and make us love you. Okay, thank you. So on my my website, discovermeditation.com, um, the first thing I suggest you do is sign up for my Laughing Buddhist Network newsletter, which is free, because when you do that, you will get a free four-part audio series about abundance, about what I've just been talking about, <laughs> only you get uh, four audios to listen to, which are very, very powerful, and you get to keep them, they're MP3s, so that you can listen and get the reminders anytime you want. And I talk about abundance of love, financial abundance, health and fitness abundance, and having an abundant attitude. And that's all free on my website. And if you want to ask me any questions, go to the contact button and send me an email and tell me you are uh, listening to this show. And I'll be happy to answer any, any of your questions. I do have an Inner Circle membership, which is a teleclass once a month. It's one hour a month. If you can't uh, call in live, the calls are recorded. There is a very small fee for that. And from time to time, I do do free global telecalls as well. And that's all on the front of my website. 
That's wonderful. And for anybody who's interested, I do individual hypnotherapy sessions where we go much deeper into, for example, if whatever you're having a problem with, whether it's a relationship or money or some health issue, um, we can go into it individually on a much deeper level, and that is very, very powerful work. It's amazing, isn't it, what we can do without seeing each other? The way that this is part of, I believe, radio is so powerful and the way that we can, the way that we create community now, no matter where we are, um, you where you are, me where I am, there is tremendous healing as we tap into that connection that we all share. And I love that you're doing all of this virtually. You um, travel and teach in person as well, right? I do do speaking engagements, yes. I love I love to speak, you know, to real people <laughs> in person. <laughs> yes, I absolutely love that. So I do do speaking. So if anybody <clears throat> um, wants me to come and speak for you, again, send me a message through the contact button on my website. Wonderful. Are there more books coming? Yes, there <gasps> are more. There is another book coming. I'm not going to talk about it right now because it's not developed enough yet, but there is another book coming. What would you like to leave the listeners with? What do you want us most to know about the power of meditation or about the power of our essential self? I think the most important thing is to never give up on yourself. Nothing is impossible. Everything is possible. And you must believe that. And if you don't believe it, then trust me. Mm -hmm. Because I've been through the ringer and I've come out the other side and I know this to be true. I didn't just say what I'm saying from a book I read in the library. That you can dissolve the pain, the fear, and the anger and step into your true, real, authentic self and live an abundant life. You deserve it. It is your birthright. It's who you are. So don't ever doubt that. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful affirmation of the good, the love, the kindness, the compassion that is at the heart of everything we are everything we're here to do. That's beautiful. Pergito, thank you so much for being on the program. Well, it's, it's my pleasure and my honor, um, Karen, to be here with you and your listeners. I've enjoyed it immensely, and I love you. I love all your listeners, and um, I wish all of you all the very best. That is Pergito Dove. Her latest book is Laughter, Tears, Silence, Expressive Meditations to Calm Your Mind and Open Your Heart. You can find out more about Pergito and her work at discovermeditation.com. And of course, if you're interested to find out what I'm up to these days, you can always find out about classes and events. You can book a private session with me if you're so inclined. All of that information is at karenhager.com. When you are going within, when you are beginning a spiritual practice or continuing a practice that you've had for a long time, Pragido brings in something very important, connecting with that 
sense of self, stopping to find that moment of quiet in a busy day is one of the most powerful things that you can do. And thank you for listening today. Together we're spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.